Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Here it is, a Thursday. Pretty cool outside this morning as it came in. It's 30 degrees in Cabot when I left. I'm sure it's a little bit warmer now as I left over an hour ago. So, uh, you know, you can uh, know that it's supposed to be up into the low 70s today. So a lot more milder today. By the weekend, we'll be in the low 80s. Saturday, they had been forecasting rain. They've taken that out of the forecast Saturday and Sunday. So I think, uh, Heidi, what I'm going to do on Saturday is after I do car and tri- uh, the uh, car and truck doctors is uh, get in the car, stop and have some breakfast, get on the road and head up north on 64 and do a little leaf peeping because it's supposed to be kind of windy over the weekend. And that means a lot of those leaves will start falling and you'll miss all the color. And I want to see. So I love going out and seeing some of the tr- colors in the trees. Uh, the two colors that are predominant here in Arkansas, number one, yellow, and then number two, or gold even, and then number two is uh, red. Uh, those are the two predominant colors. In other states, uh, they're, they're different. Sometimes it's uh, they have a lot more maple, so you get a lot more red instead of yellow. And, you know, the, the country is just this country is gorgeous during the fall. It really, really is. It's well worth seeing. And if you've never been up east to look at the leaves up east, you need to do it at least once in your lifetime. Not only do you want to do that, you want to while you're while you're up there, make it a, a big deal. You want to go see the leaves. Stop by a um, you know a, a, some of the farms up there where they're tapping the trees. And uh, get yourself some real maple syrup. Have, make yourself some maple candy and things of that nature. You'll want to do that. See all of the great uh, historical uh, sites that are along the way. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, we, don't, we do not enjoy our own country enough. Uh, going out and seeing it. Now, there's a lot of people never get out of Arkansas. No, 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 no. You must get out of Arkansas. I love Arkansas, too. Today on my computer, it always puts up a picture of somewhere that they think that there's beauty in, in our country. And the picture today was from an overlook at Mount Magazine. And it was gorgeous. And and if you've ever been up there, you know it's gorgeous. But to get out of, outside of um Outside of Arkansas is a is a necessity, just so you can see things. All right, joining us here in this first half hour, I'm not. I'm, I've already wasted some of his time, and I'm sorry I did that. Billy Mack is here. 
from ICU Protection. I asked him to join us today. I wanted to talk to him. I believe in this guy. I believe in his business. Uh, he's been spreading out all over Arkansas. Billy, how are you today? Hey, good morning, Dave. Doing great, brother. Doing great. You have yourself a cup of coffee already? Oh, yes, sir. Got it right here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I call I call that? The elixir of life. That's <laughs> that's what I call it. Because I, if I don't have my morning coffee, I'm not much good for anything after uh, oh. the rest of the day. So let let me talk about how you got into this business. I want to talk about that because I, I don't think as many times as we've had lunch together, I've never asked you that question. Uh, I know that you did this before, and then you went out on your own. What number one? You know why? Uh, security systems and number two why did you go out on your own well you know that's a great question dave um you know i uh, was um a sales manager at a uh, steel company where we sold steel pipe fittings and valves and metal building components and you know uh, one uh had a diagnosis of cancer and uh, I actually, you know, uh, thought I was going to die. And uh, I had met a man. I was coaching baseball at the time. And, uh, you know, some young kids. And uh, one of the parents invited me over to his office. And um, it was a, a, one of his friends was bringing security uh, to uh, that particular area. And um, and I just fell in love with it uh, because, um, you know, it puts you in the home, um, you know, when you have a tragic event like that, um, you know, it changes your life forever. Um, I wanted to give my testimony. I wanted to, um, you know, it just, um, the, the home security and the uh, uh, commercial security, a lot of times it just puts you one-on-one with that customer and it gives you, uh, you know, a relationship with them. And where I was calling on companies and different things, selling the steels, pipe fittings, and valves, this just uh, brought me to the kitchen table. And, um, you know, I just fell in love with it. And, um, you know, like I said, just wanted to, to give my testimony. All right. So you're still around. Uh, you may have had cancer. Are you cancer free now? Oh yeah, oh yes, sir. Cancer free for over ten years now. The Lord. Uh, yeah, God. You know, God healed you. That's right. Yes, sir. He sure did. Oh, fantastic. This is this is this great. I didn't know this story about you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was uh, a truly a miracle. I mean, and in 1998 is when all this occurred, and and uh, I had. Uh, uh, had been going through the treatments, you know, when you have cancer, I guess my grandfather, he would call it going in the barrel, you know, they would put the dye in you and put you in the barrel and scan your body and test you for the, for the cancer. And I did that for about a year. And right before the holidays, they had said, um, you know, uh, we're sorry to tell you, but your cancer has come back. And, uh, oh. I had people praying for me all over the country and, um, you know, and, and you know, I, the only way I can describe uh, the treatments of cancer is, is 
um, if you've ever licked the fork and got that metal taste, um, I, when I walk into a hospital, I can smell it. You know, my body just kind of draws up. But uh, but uh, they told me that my cancer came back, and, and um, of course, you know, they said they can't do anything. It's right here at Christmas. And, and uh, of course, you, you wish they wouldn't have told you, but they had to tell you. But, uh, you know, it gave me a, a lot of time there through the holidays, and that's what we're coming up on. Uh, right now is the holiday season, and and it was that time of year. And um, I had met a man. Uh, he was a pastor. His name was Brother Marvin Warren, and he was actually a school teacher over at College Hill Elementary. And and uh, the Lord just pressed on me to go over there and ask him to pray for me. And I, you know, I I battled that, Dave. I battled it. I battled it. I, I tell you, you'd have thought I was crazy when I was driving down. If you'd have been looking, because it was, I was telling the Lord, "There's no way they're going to let me go into school and uh, and see him." But uh, I got over there, went into the uh, office, and I said, "I need to see Marvin Warren." And, and you know, uh, you, there's no way. You know, normally it would be a teacher's break, or uh, you know, it, there's just no way you could walk in off the street. And uh, she said, yes, sir, he's down the hall, last room on the left. I knocked on the door. He was in the middle of teaching school. And um, he came out and uh, carried me through the locker room and to the back of the locker room. Kids were playing ball. And uh, he prayed for me and went over to his church that evening. They prayed for me. And they were praying for me everywhere, Dave. And and would you believe whenever uh, the holidays came back, they called me from the hospital they said you know we're not sorry but we want to tell you that we've made the mistake your cancer hasn't come back so, oh my uh, yeah and so it was a truly it was a truly a miracle and so that was my journey uh to get started in the security business and and i grew that uh you know uh, a very large uh, grew it to seven locations and made that company lots and lots of money and i made lots of money and so i fell in love with the uh, security business because it's a it's a business where the the customer is the winner uh-huh. so uh, you know you hope you never have to use a security system um you know and i hope you never have to but by chance if it should happen and and somebody does uh, break in, or, or you know, or, or that tragic event happens, uh, fire or something like that. Uh, you know, it's you know we say it's you know there's two types of people we take care of the uh, the ones that get it before and the ones that get it after. Right. And it's better to be the one to get it before because really a security system is just a um, it's it's a notification. It lets somebody know that there's a problem, and so you can ask any police officer, any EMT, any uh, fireman, you know, if two minutes make the difference. And so many times, it's a lifetime, and 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 that's what it's all about with the security system. And um, but that's how I got into it and uh, fell in love with it, and uh, it's just been it's a passion of mine. I I don't know that I would be could do anything else. Hmm. All right. Billy Mack is our guest. He's the owner of ICU Protection. And, uh, Billy, don't don't feel weird when you're driving down the road and people see you talking to somebody that they can't see sitting next to you. I know they think that of me a lot because <laughs> you and I both know that the living God is there. And, right. and he's he's talking to us and he's having you know fellowship with us. All right, six seventeen. It's the Dave Ellswick show. Billy Mack's going to be with us here for uh, 
at least a half hour, maybe even more. I mean, we get talking, and you never know what's going to come out. So bottom line is, uh, let's get a quick break in, then we'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It was 32 when I looked just a moment ago in Cabot, so we've hit freezing today. So the rest of the day looks very positive, getting up to about 72 degrees. More in just a moment. We continue, and my uh, special guest, Billy Mack, he is the owner of ICU Protection. I've been talking about him for months here on my show, and, and Billy, let me thank you uh, profusely on the air uh, for being a part of the Dave Ellswick Show and making it possible for us to continue to bring the truth to people about what's going on in our country. We really do appreciate uh, you being part of our sponsorship package here on the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Thank you very much. Oh yes, sir. We're glad. We're we're so happy to do it. All right, let's let's talk a little bit. You know, one of the things I always mention to people is uh, Nuke One. How did you get involved with those folks? You know, that was uh, interesting. You know, a lot of people don't uh, know. Um, you know, it was um, I had met a. You know, it's generally you know with uh, people you uh, you meet somebody and you get introduced and. Uh, and that's how uh, I got introduced there. It's a you know uh, a, a neat uh, industry up there with the uh, nuclear plant and the different things. And you know they um, are, are really really good people. But you know when you have that there, then you also have the uh, the uh, you know the you know as far as um, their um, you know. Um, uh, what they're doing there, you know, they, right. they, there's a lot of security, a lot of, uh, you would be really surprised and, um, I really can't go into too much detail other than, um, uh, you know, I've got introduced there to a friend and, uh, it's a neat, um, situation that we're in there. Uh, they're great people. We're part of the security, uh, there and, um, and we're so happy to do it. They are the greatest people, um, you know. But uh, you know, I, I got introduced to uh, 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 someone that worked there, and uh, they had a need, and uh, and I've been there. They're they're pro- I've, they're probably one of my oldest customers. Really? You know? Yes, sir. They're uh, they're um, and you know, like I said, we and they. They've actually expanded and done. You know, we've we've been out there to add on and do different things, and uh, it's a real neat uh, operation uh, that they have out there. You 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 see the plant, you just think you know it's making electricity and that type of deal, but there's so much stuff in the background that. Um, you know, to make sure that that stays safe. I gotcha. Yeah, we can't we can't get into specifics, and I do understand that. That's that's no problem at all. But let, let's talk about your business, ICU Protection. It's a, it's great. I have you, of course. I'm one of your clients, and uh, have been for several months now. You know, how do you do this? I mean, you you came. You sent one of your workers out to, to talk to me. I had talked to you. Then you had them come out and talk to me and decided, you know, how many window sensors and door sensors and cameras I wanted to do and whatnot. And uh, then you said, okay, this is the monthly charge uh, to to do this. And I said, well, well, how much is the you know how much is the the cameras and stuff? And you said nothing. How do you do that? 
Well, that's a that's another good question. You know, it's one of those things that uh, when you invest back into yourself and um, over time, um, you know, um, that is uh, something that um, it's just been a passion of mine. I want it to be where the customer um, is the winner. You know, I can't, and nothing against other people, what they sell or what they do or that type of deal. I just wanted to make it affordable for everybody uh, to be able to have a system. Um, and uh, like I said, that, um, you know, over time that, um, you know, really we, we have a three-year agreement uh, and really we don't really make any money till we go into the fourth year. And uh, it's an investment that we make. and. Uh, that's how all that uh, happens, Dave. I've, I've I've been doing it a long time, and I, I invest back into my company and uh, and and the uh, the program that we're doing. It it works very well. All right. Well, you've got offices all over Central Arkansas now. I heard that you're getting ready to move into the Searcy area. Is that right? Yeah, we're we're looking at Searcy, Searcy, and then we're also looking at going uh, south to Texarkana. Oh, okay. Okay, so you're really moving out. Yes, sir. That's what we're uh, we're hoping uh, the first of the year that that would take place. How difficult is it to move out right now when it's hard to find workers? Well, you know that's a that you know we we've been very blessed. Um, uh, the guys that come to work with us, uh, they stay with us. They they love the way that we. Uh, you know, and if there's anybody out there that needs a job, we are doing some hiring as well. But um, we'd love to hear from you. But, um, you know, um, we've just been real fortunate we haven't lost anybody. Uh, we didn't really uh, slow down during the, uh, you know, during the pan- pandemic or COVID or, uh, or any of those things. It was different for us. But, um um, but yeah, but hiring the workers, it, it is a challenge. Um, I try to get ahead of it, uh, you know, before I try to foresee before I need somebody, I start the process, you know, 90 days to, you know, 120 days before I need that person. So it gives me time, uh, to get that person in place. Um, but yes, sir, we're, we're actually, you know, we're needing a few uh, people in a few different places, but we're we're strong. We're doing good. Um, we've just been blessed to be able to keep the ones that we have, and uh, but it is a challenge uh, to get the right person. You know, it, it uh, uh, for some reason it's just uh, you know I heard something the other day, Dave, that uh, uh, if somebody was willing to go to work, they could make a killing right now because there's nobody wanting to work. Yeah, well, it looks like to me everybody's hiring. I know that's what I'm. That's what that's what I'm saying. It's it's a great opportunity for somebody that uh, really wants to get out and do it. I can tell you. All right, so let me talk a little bit about the people that you hire on. If somebody's hearing this and they decide, well, you know, this sounds like a good business. I need to get a hold of Billy Mack and talk to him about this. What what should they know about when they approach you? What are you going to ask them about their talent and their, you know, their their ability to market themselves? Yeah, uh, you know, um, one of the things, Dave, is I've noticed doing interviews. I've got people showing up in shorts and, you know, uh, just real casual and and you know. Um, um, 
you know, you need to treat it as it's important. Um, but uh, the question, you know, I, you know, what have you been up to lately? You know, have you, you know, what have you been doing? One of the things to work for us is, is, uh, you know, you just can't have a record. You can't have a, a felony or uh, anything like that. And uh, so, those are some questions that we would ask. If you had one of those, then you know it wouldn't be possible for me to hire you. But uh, if you're on the other side of that, and you know, I, I know there's people that's did something 40 years ago, and they're 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 you know they're you know not not doing that anymore. And but uh, the state uh, doesn't. Uh, forgive that you know it's not me but uh that's that's something for the lord to do but uh but yeah as long as you don't have a a felony um you know and you you know to be willing you know to be honest with you the uh, a lot of people want thinks that they got to know how to do something you know if you're just willing um that's what i'm looking for i can get you able you know, I just I, I need somebody that's willing to come in. Very few people have done what we've done, so we have to teach it to you, and we're willing to do that. We send you to class if it needs to, or school, and and uh, we spend the time. And, and a lot of times, I I would rather have somebody that, that didn't know um, everything. You yeah, know. you know, you don't have to unlearn them, as uh, you like to say in the business. Billy, we got to take a quick break, then we're going to come back and talk some more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I want to talk to you about the equipment, how you choose and things of that nature next. Dave Ellswick Show. Typically, you know, I tell you about uh, different businesses and, and give you reasons to give them a call, but right now I want to ask you some questions. I got three questions right off the top of my head. Have you ever called Pat Davis to talk to him about your health insurance? Uh, if you haven't, why? I mean, what do you got to lose? You're paying out of the nose probably by uh, going with somebody else, to be honest with you, about health insurance. And, and why wouldn't you just call him right now? I mean, it's not going to take you any time at all. This would be a very short conversation, but can be very profitable to you. Pat Davis, who's your health plan man, could save you 30 to 50 percent on health insurance and you get paid to go to the doctor. Uh, We're into open enrollment now, so you want to give Pat a call. You get paid for smart health care choices. See any doctor, cut out the middlemen that uh, usually are out to rob you, and uh, save money. Give him a call right now at 501-605-6935. That's 501-605-6935, or visit him online yourhealthplanman.com that's yourhealthplanman.com and find out that with Pat Davis and the people he's got working for him to get you health insurance that you can afford they'll treat you better just bottom line they'll treat you better and let me tell you something else man that I'm talking to right now on the show Billy Mack he'll treat you better too he's not going to charge you for any of the equipment he's going to put on your home He's going to ask you to pay your monthly bill, and that's it. And I, I loved the, what he does. I got to get a hold of one of his people uh, this week because I, I got a new phone and it disconnected me from the app. And I got to get somebody. Look, 
Okay, I'm not I'm not a spring chicken, all right? I'm not a young man, so I I, I struggle a little bit, Billy, with uh, that uh, that stuff on the Internet. So i got to get a hold of one of your people and get back hooked up so that those pictures show up from my cameras and things of that nature. But I do know – here's what I do know, Billy. Uh, there's people that's monitoring, and if something goes wrong, they're going to know about it, and they're going to get a hold of the right people to get out to my house. That's correct. Yes, sir. Yeah, how do you work all of that out? I mean, do you have to call police departments and things of that nature to let them know that you've got new clients that are going on and they should be watching for you? Or is it just a foregone conclusion that you all are going to call them when something goes sideways? Yes, sir. It's, uh, you know, when the the uh, alarm goes off or when somebody, you know, kicks in the back door, what happens is, is it sends that vital information to the command center and there at the command center, the monitoring station, that immediately they're dispatching out the police. The security system is smart enough to know where the problem area is, so it lets them know it's the back door. Uh, and then uh, they're calling you to verify, to make sure that um, you didn't accidentally set your alarm off. Um, and then they're also dispatching, you know, and all that happens uh, at the same time. And then, you know, uh, but that that's how that process works. All right. So you've got that all well covered and and that's what what we pay you for right i mean that's that's why people have you as their uh, security specialist yes sir yeah that's the way it works all right so let's uh let's talk a little bit about the equipment uh how do you go about you know picking your equipment i know that you have been in this business for quite some time and you know uh, what's the best uh, camera to buy? You know the best sensors to buy. You know about analytics and all of that, and I'm going to talk to you about analytics in a moment. But let, let's talk about the cameras because I got two, and uh, let everybody know that you know you watch A uh, and E and and some of those other shows uh, that they're showing you you know video from back in the day and i'm talking about 10 years ago when i say back in the day and and it looks you can't tell who is who that's not the kind of video that you are uh, supplying for your uh, security that's like 1080 isn't it i mean it's clear yes sir it is and you know and uh you know and like you said i've been doing it a long time and you know, one of the things is, is when you go into business, you know, and it takes a while, but if you do, you know, if you do what's right, uh, you end up uh, with a good reputation, and that's what we're working for, and so I go ahead, and uh, it's unlike other companies that a lot of them go to the cheapest available, and I'm just the opposite. I, I invest a little bit more money. Uh, on better equipment to make sure that my customer has a good experience. But more importantly, I want it to work. You know, uh, this is a life safety business, and it's uh, it's a serious business. And, uh, you know, uh, there's crazy people out there and there's you know there's um you know there's things that go on and we want the the system to work but uh but yes sir i've studied and and uh decided that uh, with what we use and what we use works and that's that's the the main reason and it's and it's a high quality 
Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that uh, because, like you say, you you use high quality uh, pieces of equipment. Let, let's talk about beyond the equipment, and let's talk about analytics. Explain to my listeners about analytics. It used to be, and probably one of the reasons a lot of people might not, they say a security system is more hassle than it is uh, beneficial, is that they'll say it was going off all the time. You know, I, I got a dog and he'd run by the window and uh, the sensor would pick up his, um, you know, he's a big dog and it would set off the sensors and things of that nature. Uh, you got analytics to keep that from happening, don't you? Yes, sir. And then, you know, the analytics for the camera, it's kind of neat uh, what we do. And and I turn on everything that the camera will do. Um, a lot of these companies just give you a portion of what it will do. Um, it costs me more money. But I want the customer to have the best experience. So we turn on something called Pro 3000 with analytics. And what that does is it gives you over 3,000 video clips a month, which um, in a neighborhood, uh, you should never go over that much. Um, but uh, and then another thing is, is where a lot of these cameras are motion activated. Nothing wrong with that, other than you get a lot of false readings and, right. and uh, you know, and it's not it's not accurate. So what we do is is we turn on uh, the trip wires and so what that does is is makes the camera way more accurate uh, we're able to draw three trip wires and it's just like what it sounds um, you know in the military you, you'd have trip wires and you'd blow somebody up you know but here um, we're not doing that uh, but it's a virtual trip wire but whenever they cross that trip wire our our outdoor camera now you know it, it kind of lets them come in. And uh, when they get in a little bit, it'll go, and it makes them look up at the camera. Yeah, I I, I always find it interesting because where mine is, when I leave the house and I may be going to check the mail, uh, it whistles at me, and I think, well, who's being fresh? Uh, and, and, I, and I I look up and I real you know I know it's the camera but it's, yeah. it, it was just a joke but the bottom line is it makes you look up that gives you a full facial shot of the people or the person that's uh, around my house yes sir that's the hope for sure and uh, and then the uh, other thing about the analytics is it's really cool is it will let you know if it's a person or if it's a car, or if it's an animal. So when it comes to you, uh, it lets you know that in a notification. It'll let you know, hey, yeah, you know, it's an animal that went by, or a car, or a person. So it's uh, it's pretty detailed, you know. And and it, and you know, the key to it is, is it works. I, I love my. I know every day when my mail gets there. I mean, uh, we know when uh, Amazon comes and goes, and yep. you know, as we go into this season, and you know, um, and and. Uh, and I don't know if it's okay, Dave, but I just wanted to mention real quick about, um, you know, um, I'm going to see people that have been broken into two and three times before they make the call. Well, you, and, you, I'm I'm assuming people understand that crime is up right now and makes it makes good sense to have you come out and help you uh, help you help you them protect their home or their business. Yes, sir. And, you know, one of the biggest things that we're, what people are doing is is we get home and we don't shut the garage. 
And so what happens is, and these these guys today now, I, I, and, and I'm shocked. You know, I've been in this a long time, um, and um, since 1998. So, um, but they're so brazen that they're pulling up in the daytime with your garage mm-hmm. open and going into your garage into your vehicles and and um i just left the person's um house over in uh the justin Matthews area over in north little rock and uh, they it has happened um you know over and over again so they're coming into the nicer neighborhoods um and you know and, and like i said a lot of this stuff is uh you know we can we can do so many things to let you know, to help remind you, and, and uh, you know, the system's smart enough. Dave, I've got a doggy door on uh, my storm door outside, so we leave the main door open so the dogs can go in and out. And the system is, is it learns your habits, and every so often it'll, it'll, it'll send me a notification and say, uh, you left your back door open. Really? Uh, yeah, and so it's just really cool, you know, and, and uh, it, it helps you. The system is the, designed to help you. and uh, But, um, but yes, sir, that analytics is, is, uh, is really has been the game changer. And then, you know, also that the Internet and everything has gotten better. And, you know, we've gotten uh, fiber in a lot of places and different things. And so you have so many more options now uh, for your systems as well. Yeah, let, let's talk a little bit more about what you're talking about, uh, about crime. I mean, we're getting towards, as you mentioned a moment ago, the holiday season. And uh, you got a situation where, you know, the porch pirates are, a, you know, they see packages at the front door or maybe piled up by the garage door or whatever. And uh, people uh, pull at the road and they run up and they grab them and they run away. Uh, at least you'll get an up, uh, you know, get somebody or your your phone to go off, your your smartphone goes off, and you look and you see somebody's in your front porch and they're grabbing something. You might be able to stop them before they get away with everything. For sure, or even you know, even get it to the you know the police. You know, one of the things that the police love is video, and um, they they think us all the time. Um, you know that uh, the video will. Well, uh, we had a customer, oh, I guess it was two or three days ago, called me. His name was Tom Ear, and um, he uh, was uh, elderly. He's, um, you know, I say elderly, but he's a senior citizen and real nice guy and everything. But uh, he had somebody break in and uh, steal some things. But um, he told me that the police department there just thanked him and thanked him and thanked him because when you're broken into, our cameras automatically go into recording when there's an alarm. Mm-hmm. So uh, they all get turned on. And so that's kind of a default that we set to, to take place. So once that takes place, if there is a break-in where there's an alarm, your cameras go to recording. And so, um, you know, it's just... Um, you know the video was the game changer you know it, it really and then too if it's even if it's just your children coming in off the school bus you know it lets you know everybody made it home it's just the you know really what we're selling dave is peace of mind you know it's just having the peace of mind to know that 
uh, you know what's going on at your house. Well, I didn't worry about when I went to Florida for a couple of weeks. I set the alarm and uh, and left and knew that if something went bad, uh, it went sideways, that the uh, the system was going to do exactly what it was supposed to do. I see you protection. By the way, you can get a hold of Billy by calling 501-205-1333. This is the people that I use. I think that you'd be well served to give them a call and, and uh, let them set you up for their protection as well. We'll be back. We'll finish up our conversation with Billy Mack in just a moment. Before I uh, get to our uh, break completely, let me uh, remind you about PI Roofing and Home Solutions. Let me give you those two words again. Home Solutions. Because they do more than just your roof now. It's well worth uh, your time that if you need some kind of construction done around your home, you know, you call some of the the, the big companies and they're not interested in what you're wanting to get done because it's, it's too little of a job on the most part. For instance, I want to get my uh, deck in the backyard fixed. It, it's been around now for over a decade. It's got a little wood rot and things of that nature, even though I I uh, primed the, the wood and painted it with the stuff you're supposed to paint it with and everything. It's still wear and tear. Cold weather in wintertime, hot weather during the summertime, rain, snow, ice, the whole nine yards. It's been open to all of that, and it needs some work. So uh, Monday, I've got uh, the folks from PI Roofing coming out, and they're going to take a look at it. They're going to give me two quotes. I want one quote about, okay, how much are you going to charge me to fix this using, you know, just uh, pressurized and uh, treated lumber? And uh, if uh, you tell me that, and then tell me about this new stuff that's out that's supposed to kind of last forever, and what is it cost to do my uh, my deck using that? So I'll get two quotes, but I'm going to do it through PI Roofing. Why? Well, simple. I've done my roof through PI Roofing a couple of times because of hail and things. I've had two roofs put on my home, and they've done a fantastic professional job. So why, if they can do that kind of construction job, why can't they build off of my, uh, you know, my deck or fix it? So I'm going to have them come out and take a look and uh, tell me what it's going to cost to, to get it done. And I'm going to get that done probably this winter time. So uh, PI Roofing, they're more than just roofing now. They are home solutions. They do constructions. They do, uh, they do your roof. They'll put in windows. They'll put in gutters. They do it all. At PI Roofing. It's piroofing.com on the internet or call them at 501 707 3115. Let's finish up with our special guest, and that's Billy Mack. He is the owner of ICU Protection. His phone number is 501 205 1333. ICU Protection protects my home. They can protect your home or your business and uh, give you a little bit of peace of mind and that's uh, really important right now with crime up and and violent crime up and that's not uh, that's not good and uh, you want to make sure that you do everything you can to protect yourself and your family and your property billy mack is going to finish up with us right now we got about three and a half minutes left to go and uh, billy mack if they give you a call why don't give them a little heads up about what you expect uh, to talk to them about oh yes sir well you know um 
feel free also you can call me on my cell phone at 501-339-8017 that's 339-8017 feel free to give me a call uh, anytime or you can shoot me a text or feel free to call the office uh, uh, what will happen there is is they'll take your information um, and I will be the one to uh, return that call as well so um, you just uh, you just give them a call and um, you know uh, give them a little basic information now you can also go to our website at icuprotectionllc.com um, you know if you don't you know want to talk to anybody it's fine you just fill out a form uh, and once you fill that form out and hit send um, it comes straight to me and then uh, once I get that um, I will should give you a call within 24 hours if not sooner and um, then we can discuss uh, you know we'll talk about you know what your interests are if you want cameras or not cameras or you know uh, you know one of the things is we talked about crime you know you know you may have children that that um, you know that uh, and nobody really wants to talk about it much but um, you know the system is designed to keep the bad people out but it's also designed to keep the good ones in and that's your children and mm-hmm. so, uh, you know it will let you know I had a, uh, a, a customer of mine tell me um, you know one of the best things you did for me was put those contacts on my kids windows it was in hot summer and she she opened up the bedroom window of course it was the alarm, the alarm wasn't set but it sent her dad a notification and let him know she opened the window so she he called his daughter she was a teenager and he said baby why didn't you open that window and so it let her know that daddy knew what was going on and he just felt comfort in that and and me as well i've got four girls so but uh you know we'll find out you know if you have kids things like that what you know what's your concern it's really your system and i'll design it uh, uh you know according to to, to your, you know to what your concerns are well i wish i'd had those when i had my teenage boys just got to tell you, I wish I'd had it. All right. Billy Mack, thanks so much for being part of the show today. We'll do lunch here in the very near future. It'll be on me. I look forward to sitting down and breaking bread with you again, my man. Boy, me too, Dave. Thank you so much. All right. You have a great day. Billy Mack, owner of ICU Protection. Now you know why I use them. I wanted you to hear directly from Billy Mack now. I know why you so definitely use them, whether for your home or for your business. All right, Joe and Duck are up next, and they'll be talking about cars, so we want to do that. And then at 9 o'clock, Jimmy Cavan's going to be on. We're going to talk about how much do superintendents make in all these different school districts and who's the most, you know, expensive superintendent in the state of Arkansas. I'll tell you that as well at 9 o'clock on the Dave Ellswick Show.
right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Open up with a little free bird here. I want everybody to remember it's the anniversary of their death. Uh, we talked about this the other day. Uh, they were leaving from a, um, a concert on their way to Louisiana. And uh, if you read the book about uh, Leonard Skinner, you know that there are some questions about how reliable and how good that airplane was. And evidently they were legitimate questions because it crashed in Mississippi. Didn't kill everybody on board, but it killed most of the major uh, members of the band. And uh, they were just at that point where they were really getting huge. I mean, huge. And uh, they were a great band, no doubt about it. And uh, they'll always be known for that that song right there in Sweet Home, Alabama, of course. They'll be known about that. I like Give Me Three Steps. That's my favorite Leonard Skinner song. Three steps to the door. Yeah, I got me. Got that. Let me just give me three steps, baby. <laughs> I didn't know that was your girlfriend before you start shooting. <laughs> I like that one. The only song they ever did that I thought was misdirected was uh, the the one about uh, Saturday Night Specials, you know, and that was back in the late seventies, of course, when talking about guns that were made in China and were flooding the American market because they were cheaper and things of that nature. But anyway, neither here nor there. Listen to that, listen to that guitar work. Bring that up a little bit. Listen to this. Yeah, you don't say it no more, Dave. Not like that. No. Not when you got you got two leads and a rhythm <laughs> in a band and they're up front and, and kicking it like that. I mean, th- 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 I like them I'm trying to think of the other group that was uh, did High Tides uh, uh, and did great music like this as, as well. Uh, Southern Rock, during the time that it was big, uh, was huge. I mean, just huge. Leonard Skinner, Molly Hatchett, and all the rest of them. Of course, uh, the Allman Brothers, you know, those are great, great bands. And we just don't hear that kind of music. We hear yeah. this pablum that they... They play. It's not so much how you sing; it's how much you don't wear. <laughs> you know that that makes them deal big stars now. Yeah, yeah. That's. The, I mean, even when it was like that in the '60s and all the girl bands and everything, they had a lot of talent. Not so much anymore. It's like I said; it's what you get out on stage without having on, kind of thing. And, a- and acting, really acting the fool. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you, there was a day that uh, if a, a woman went on stage and acted like that, there was no, there's no thought about what she was. Now, mm-hmm. now they look and say, okay, is she a good dancer? Is she a good, a good musician or whatever? Or whatever. <laughs> That's exactly right. All right, let's uh, let's get to it here with Joe and Duck. Yeah, I love bringing you guys on because you're, you're just like you're just normal people like me, and uh, you know you you say you say what you're thinking, and I like that. By the way, uh, Duck was up in uh, on his land uh, over the weekend doing some uh, uh, old time hunting up there. Yep, you know, not modern gun. You know, not using arrows. No, we was muzzleloading. They, they, they weren't even trying to use rocks. They, <laughs> as far know. as I'm mean, muzzle loaders, I, like I using got plenty a rock. of them up there. <laughs> it's 
satellite who was in the rocket times. But, uh, man, that was a big deer that you guys brought down, yeah. or your friend brought down, yeah, I guess. my brother. Oh, okay. Yeah, he went to him that Saturday afternoon instead of coming to me. So we're about, oh, 450 yards apart. He's on one hill, and I'm on the other hill. And the gravel road's in between us. And So in the morning when the sun hasn't come up yet, you're waiting for it to come up? You guys got flashlights, and you're, like, signaling to each other? We can when the leaves are off the tree. <laughs> I, can, I can, if I get to stand before he does, I can watch him walk up the hill and crawl up in his stand. Like I say, we're about four. Is he just crawling up the stand, or is he crawling up to the you know the top third of the hill? Well, <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> you have to take a break going up that hill. I got well, it's steep. Yeah, it's. Uh, I had one of my buddies that I graduated with. He he wanted to go with us, and I took him over where I normally hunt at and put him up on top of the hill. And I said, and it was right at dark, and he I heard him shoot, and he called me. He said, "Hey, I, I killed one." It run off side down the hill, and I said, all right. So I said, I'll be over here as soon as it gets dark. So I went over there, me and Russell and Michael. and Turned on your head lanterns. And uh, I I knew where the deer went because I knew what – you know, I've hunted enough. I know where they – when you shoot them, where they're going down, you know the, down the hill and make a right, and they're going to go to the – there's a cedar thicket over it you can't walk through. Okay. And and so they will go off the hill following the blood trail, and I go off the hill on this side, and – I'm standing over by the deer, and they finally show up. <laughs> Russell said, hey, how do you know where he went? I said, because I've killed a bunch up here. and This is where they this go. This is where they always run. <laughs> so we're about two-thirds of the way down this hill. And so they grab the deer and start up the hill, and I'm standing there looking at them. So I start following them up the hill. We get up top of the hill, and they're all out of breath. And I said, you know, we could have went to the road. We went with about 75 yards to the road, <laughs> and it's down the hill. Wow. And he said, now you tell me after we drag it up the hill. And I well, said, this well, is a big buck. I mean, that was a, yeah. a pretty good He's drive. He's nine point. He got, a, he got a sticker out the back of it about, oh, two inches long probably. And how much did he weigh? You guys weighed him? 89 pounds. That's a heavy lift. I'm just telling you, that's a heavy drag. It took, it took three of us to get it up back to players. Wow. Wow. But, uh, well, congratulations. Yeah, he. Uh, we. I've been watching him all summer, from a time it, you know they started growing back in the summer, early summer, and and. Uh, Have he, you, is this one that you've been watching for a couple of years? Uh, yeah, he was a smaller eight point last year, and the year before he was a little six point, and we, you know, and I got another one up there too. He's he's probably that bigger, bigger, but uh, he's he's done got smart. Pounds. Oh, uh, he only comes showing, out at night. I was showing Joe. I got pictures of him. He, him and a, him and a little four point was fighting. Oh, he's laying out his ground rules mm-hmm. there, huh? Yeah, but uh, this is my land. Oh yeah, they're, they're territorial. I got pictures when we was out in Colorado in uh, Estes Park. Uh, big old bull elk. He got his honeys with him. He got oh. about nine. And old boy gets a little too close with him. He throws that head down. And Tracy said, what's he doing? I said, he's fixing to run over that guy if he don't back up. Yeah. Did you see the uh, – there's a video out uh, on, uh, you know, on the Internet of how do you explain this to your insurance agent? Have you seen that one? Mm-hmm. With the guy's got a – he's got a pickup, Joe, brand-new pickup. Mm-hmm. And there's two deer, and they're fighting it out, and they end up in the back <laughs> – Tearing the truck up. Tearing the truck up. I mean, they're just going at it. And they don't care what they're tearing up around them. That would be an interesting discussion with your insurance we was in, man. We was in Yellowstone, and we was way over by Yellowstone Lake. 
and we're nine thousand feet in the air, and I round the corner, a sharp corner, and this bison, he's walking down the oh, center yeah. of the lane, and the cars all behind him, and uh, and I slow down and hold my camera up to the window, and I could have reached out and pat him on the head. He was so close to me, and then a few days later, I was watching something on my popped up on my phone. A guy reached out and patted him on the head, and he tore the side out of his truck. Yeah, not a good thing. Leave him alone. Yeah. It's, but it's people fun. get out and get right by him taking pictures. And the, the most scariest thing I've ever seen in Yellowstone is I was at the uh, the big uh, um, lodge that they have there. The Red by, Lodge, yeah. yeah. Up there by uh, Old Faithful. And... Uh, it's a, that's a gorgeous place. If you go to Yellowstone, you got to go there. I mean, everybody wants to see Old Faithful. But there was a huge male bull sitting out in the parking lot. I mean, he's just sitting on his haunches, looking around, chewing on some grass. And I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. There's an old Disney cartoon about Ferdinand the Bull, and he likes to smell the flowers. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not. And that's what he looked like. A woman got out of her car took her two children, mm-hmm. walked them over with her to within five foot mm-hmm. of this uh, big bull, you know, buffalo, and stood them in front of it and backed up and took a picture. Oh, people have no common sense when they, they get out there today. Uh, let me just let me impress upon people. Those animals are not domesticated. No, they're wild. And, <laughs> and and that's what, you know, this guy kept inching up and inching up when we was in Estes Park. And we're downtown we're, uh, at the golf course, downtown watching them. And, and this guy just kept on, kept on, kept on. He got about, oh, 15 foot from him. And that old bull, he turned around and threw that head down to the ground. Trey said, is he eating grass? I said, no. He's getting ready to charge. I said, he's fixing to run over this guy. Yeah. And about that time, the park ranger, he screamed and hollered and, and they got a, a caution tape up telling you, you know, stay back here. Yeah. But this guy said he wanted a picture, but after that, he didn't He didn't need no more pictures. No, he's going to need a repairman. Yeah, but <laughs> the bull didn't get him. He turned around. His, two or three of his women was laying on the ground. He nudged them in the butt, and they got up and moved on over a little bit farther. Duck, you know what I found, and Joe, what I found in uh, Panama City Beach while I was there for two weeks uh, here just a few weeks ago? No, what'd you find? Bumper to bumper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're right there. Yeah. I I didn't have a clue and drove right by them. I thought it was pretty cool. Next year, I think I'll go by and I'll stop and talk to them. I've been in that one before. Have you? Yep. I, I went in there and got something. I, remember, I think I went and got some windshield washer fluid or something. It was. I thought it was cool. I, I, I've never seen a bumper to bumper outside of just right around here, you know. But, uh, you know, they bought that. When they buy that? A couple, four or five years ago, Joe? Well, they're they constantly expanding and buying distribution centers. Actually, uh, bumper to bumper and auto value are the same. Oh, yeah. okay. They are nationwide. Okay, well, I just. Up in Canada, too, down in uh, Mexico, and even in uh, Europe and Asia. They're over in Asia? Yes. What is, I got to hear this. What is bumper to bumper called in Asia? Same thing, but I don't know how to say it. <laughs> I was waiting on him to say it, Joe. Nope, I can't do it. Because I, I was sitting and watching. I was. I like to watch, uh, you know, I was turned on Netflix. In fact, I had taken a nap, and I would gotten up, and Linda was watching Netflix, and she was watching Jeff Dunham and it, a world tour that he mm-hmm. had been on. 
and he was <laughs> he was in Malaysia, and the Malaysian government contacted him and told them that he could not bring Ahmed out on stage. Oh, really? They wouldn't. <laughs> they wouldn't let him bring Ahmed out because he's a terrorist. Mm. And so he didn't. Uh, he did, but he didn't. He put a little French hat on him and called him Jacques. <laughs> I brought him out. Crowd went crazy. You know, he's got a new won't. one, too, now, a new Ahmed oh, Jr. Yeah. Oh, he's got Jr. now? Yeah, he got Ahmed Jr. now. Have you seen the one that he's got? It might be Jr. that, that runs around the stage and stuff. Yeah, this one don't. That's just crazy. He's, he yeah. just keeps upping his show. Sure. He really does. And it's fantastic. I don't know when he's coming back. I'd love to see him live. But I I watch. This is a man who's made millions of dollars doing dad jokes. I want Yeah. <laughs> remember, he does dad jokes. That's what he does. They're, but he's they're got, terrible jokes most of the time. But he's got four or five different voices he can carry you with you, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. What's and funny he is he can talk three different times at one time. Seemed like yeah, he brings out the pepper, you know. The he brings out the little Mexican. Jalapeno. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to be very much longer before the the laugh police get him. Too. Oh sure, they'll you be know. after him. I'm, surpro- yeah. I'm surprised they probably are already after him. He probably gets a lot of emails and hate mails from from uh, the the cancel culture. Absolutely, you can probably see that. All right, let's talk a little bit about bumper to bumper. You know, we speak. We just spoke about them. About I mean, I just saw it was a normal bumper to bumper store right there in sure. Panama Beach. You know, yeah. Good job over there, guys. I thought that was very cool. Uh, next year, I promise you, I'll stop by and see them. Maybe I'll talk to them. Mm-hmm. See if they'll talk to me. I bet they will. At, you know. I was at the one in Ash Flat. Yeah. Uh, f- Friday afternoon, I blowed the hose on the tractor and had to go up and get get a hose made and. That's one of my favorite places, Ash Flats. I, I like eating up there. There's some great, great well, they're restaurants. Actually, they're they're more in Highland than they are Ash Flat, but mm-hmm. I you know I, I call all that area up for Ash Flat because it's all right there together. But uh, up there by what is it called Cherokee Heights or whatever Cherokee Village? Yeah, Village. Yeah, yeah they're they're they moved here a few. I guess been a couple of years ago they moved from where they was down to a new building and. Uh, they're right across from the the Casey's gas station now. Okay, but uh, I went in there. and They made me a, made me two hoses. Actually, I had one of them busted, another one was already in rough shape. So I went ahead and had two hoses made and got some hydraulic oil and went back down. That's the stuff you can do with bumper to bumper. Yeah, they'll make stuff for yeah. you. Yeah, and he had the fittings for making. I got a Kubota tractor, and he had the fittings to make you know make the hoses and everything with and. Took him about oh ten minutes, and he had both hoses made, and I was back out the door spreading gravel again after that. Do you get the two year twenty four thousand mile guarantee on that? I, I guess the hoses does. I ain't never asked. Sure they do. Yeah, uh, you know, just just things like that. You know, we talk about them all the time. We we beat them to death, but it's a fact. They got the best parts, the best price, and the best service, right, Doug? And I tell you something else. They got too, Joe. Uh, you'd be surprised how much tractor stuff they've got. You know. Yeah, the hitches, the drawbars. I mean, they've got any kind of that stuff hanging on the wall up there. I mean, because you know we're we're in hay country up there, and, and sure, you know, and and uh, but they've got a whole section full of agricultural stuff. Agricultural stuff, anything yeah. you need for your tractor, pins, uh, you know, uh, drawbars or anything like that, they have it. Yeah, you just learned something, bumper to bumper. 
They'll take good care of you. Back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. I was just talking, Duck and I were about uh, blood sugar. And, and Duck, if I, if I eat uh, chips and, and uh, cheese dip, those, oh, yeah. those tortilla chips, boy, they blow my blood sugar up. Up. Yeah. I'll, I'll get up in the morning, take my blood sugar, and I'll be about 152. Oh, mine was more know, than that this that, morning. We were 152. Yeah, if you eat pasta and stuff, that's nothing but mainlining carbs. Yep. <laughs> that's what you're doing. We had spaghetti from Olive Garden last night, so. Oh, that's good stuff over there. I like their soups, though, too. Yeah. I really do. I like their endless salad and, and soup. I'll, I'll sit in that minestrone soup they got. That's good stuff. Yep. I'll, My I'll granddaughter, she works there, and we hadn't been since stop, it opened. Stop. See, we've had Duck on now for years here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I mean, I've been in this market 23 years, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say he's been on at least 18 years now. Pretty close to that. And your granddaughter is how old now? Nineteen. God, I remember when she was born. Yep, she'll be twenty here shortly. That amazes me. I'm. Life moves on, doesn't it, Joe? Yep. My oldest. Well, you can't stop now. it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah if me and Joe could you, figure you out how to stop it, we'd we'd stop it. I'd stopped it a long time ago. Yeah, at about stop at it. about forty-five. Yeah. All right. Let's do a, let's do a car question. Darren has a two thousand and five Nissan Altima. <laughs> And this is a four-cylinder, 2.5-liter engine. He says, uh, under the part where you put, you know, question, crankshaft position, sensor failing, question mark. My car has recently been acting, and it's in all caps, really horrible lately. Usually when I come back to starting it after coming from somewhere and will just crank and not turn over. I've tried everything, but find out if I let it sit for a while and come back, it will start up finally. And sometimes uh, while I'm driving, it will start to idle rough and almost seem to stall or die out, comma. I'm getting check engine lights and uh, was curious if I should replace both sensors, comma, crank and cam sensors, since they work together. Anyone have an idea? 130k miles also think i might need to change the spark plugs after replacing the head gasket for leaks all right guys i'll turn this over to you from a run-on sentence go ahead well i can tell him i don't think what he's talking about the head gasket leaking it's a uh bow cover gasket leaking oil wouldn't you think not mm-hmm. yeah i'd lay your odds on it and because it, uh, he put the spark plugs in there yeah and it's leaking around the the seals for the spark plug tubes uh, it's 130. Should have been done at 100k as far as the tune-up goes. Uh, and yeah, if you put a crank sensor in it, you need to put a crank and a cam in it. They're identical sensors, but they need to be Nissan brands. What they need to be, right? Exactly. Now. No, you just can't switch out, huh? You can. There's a problem with some of the the uh, oh, at the, at the market ones. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, but I, I still, when he says it won't crank, I, I don't think that's his issue. I, you know. Because Joey says here too, he can yeah. you know go somewhere and come back. Yeah. I ain't sure if it ain't if it ain't uh, starter filling, issue. Yeah, starter issue or full of you know, you know it's soaking it down, you know soaking the yeah. plugs down. 
yeah. And, and, you know, I wish we could have opportunity to talk to folks. We we have questions on this we'd like to ask. Yeah. Go ahead and narrow it down. But, you know, if you if you do email us or call us, the scenario for an engine, some people call it cranking. Some people say it just turns over, won't crank. But the, the scenario is this. Engine cranks over but won't run. Yeah. Or engine won't turn or crank over, which means it won't go yang yang yang. Right. And it says it, it will crank, but it won't turn over. But yeah, that, that's, that's so. Which one is it? We don't know. No, we're just guessing. You know, if it cranks and it you know and it spins over, but it don't run, that's different. Then you got different problems. All right, let's take a break. Bill O'Reilly is ready to talk to us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You're listening to 1011 FM, uh, The Answer. Call us, 501-823-0965. When are you guys going to be in Vegas? November the Or should I say loss, loss of wages? First to the 6th, 7th, something yeah. like that. Is that on a Thursday as well? Tuesday through Saturday. Okay, yeah. so I'm not expecting that you'll be here. I'll be here because I'm not going. Oh, you're not going? No, my wife, she don't want to go because of her mom. Oh, yeah, I can understand so that. I canceled out. All right. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh. I'm sorry to hear about her mother. Yeah, she, she'll be 91, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Okay. Yeah, my next Saturday, that's Saturday. I'm, my son-in-law is putting together my new uh, water rower that I purchased so that I can get in and do a little aerobic exercise i can't walk but i could do that so i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing that uh keep my health up a little bit and uh, uh for doing that i'm, I'm going to take him over to the butcher shop getting some prime rib he, lo- he, good stuff. he loves prime rib over there so mm-hmm. he he gets the big king share you know mm-hmm. he lo- <laughs> i'm telling you he loves the prime rib over there all right, so Joe and Duck are here. You got a question? Call in. Uh, phone lines open for you. 501-823-0965. That's the number to call. Sam has a Kia Soul. This is a 2011 four-cylinder, two-liter engine. Says my engine's feeling rough. Sometimes the car feels normal. Sometimes the car does not feel good. This is a typical way a guy writes about his car. Mm-hmm. Been driving like this for over a year. Check engine light never comes on. Problems seems to come and go. Either engine wants to rush or is slow. There's a slight drop in miles per gallon. Car makes a hiccup when stepping on the brake. The very first moment of pressing gas pedal isn't smooth. Engine's feeling slightly louder and rough. Engine feeling slightly weaker. Engine hip hiccup seems a little more noticeable when making right turn. Car feels better and improves MPG after filling up a gas. The power steering feels stiff once in a while. Previous uh, mechanic did spark plugs, wires, fuel injector, throttle body, possible source of problems question mark well I, all i can say about that is 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 he's got if, if it's if it's running rough on it it's going to have a code in it or something you know uh i, I can't answer why he doesn't have a light on and i can't answer it why. may be burned out 
Well, it might be, but he said he'd been driving around like this for a year, yeah. you know, and you ought to address your issues sooner than later because they're not going to get any better. And Usually nothing, when it's later, it costs us more. That's correct, and there's nothing on a car that's ever going to fix itself, right, Doc? I ain't never seen one yet. Yeah, if you keep driving, it is not going to get better. They haven't it's figured out do how to make self-healing. Nope. No. <laughs> you know, going through the car wash and making it clean don't make it run any better either, I promise and, you. You know, I, like we was talking earlier about it, you know, it's probably got a valve gasket leaking. It's got oil down around the spark plugs. and But, you know, he needs to take it to one of us. We can put it on the machine, and we can look at it. And, and you start it at, at A and work through to Z, until right? Until we figure out what the problem is, we'll fix the problem and send him on his way. You can, you can look at live data and go drive it down the road. You can yeah. look at misfires. You can look at the fuel trims. You can look at the mass airflow. There's a lot of things you can look at. Coolant temp comes into play, too. And a lot of things going to come into this to repair it. Yeah. And, and you know, it is it is what it is, but this is a very vague question, so we got very vague answers here. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah. The best yeah. thing you can do is take it to a bumper-to-bumper certified center, explain the problem to them, get in and go drive with them. Lay the, you know, they'll go get a monitor and lay it in the seat with them, and they'll go drive it. And I promise you, it may take four or five miles to figure it out, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, because you can see what's going on. You, know, you can't do it with a code reader, but you can do it with the machine that me and Joe have. And I just updated mine because, you know, they all need to be updated. So I just had all eight of mine updated. So, you know, but you, you can cure the problem. All right. Marie has a 2005 Nissan Maxima. It's a six-cylinder, three-and-a-half liter, 3.5 uh, engine. says, when I'm driving, the uh, drive gear indicator light... Starts flickering after about 20 minutes. A thin orange square outline around the D on the dashboard would start flickering. Now it does it right away. I could tell when the line was going to appear because I could feel a change in how my car was driving. Now it does it right away. I could tell when the line was going to appear because I could feel a change in how the car drives. Now I would just think I have a short in the cluster, but I know when my car drives, different. I did all three levels of automotive tech, so I know how to pay attention to a car, but that was 15 years ago. Cars have changed in 15 years. I do need to replace the bottom motor mount but not sure if this could be the problem. All the fluids are good. Well, that light's on to tell it it's got it's got a code in the transmission. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know it's 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 not shifting right. That uh, when it drives different, you know that's a that's a vague description. I, I have customers come and say, I don't know what's wrong. They just don't drive good. And I'll say, Well, come on, let's go for a ride. And then while we're driving the vehicle, I'll ask questions. Uh-huh. And they'll say, look right there. That's what I'm talking about right there. And it's got a, you know, a, a soft shift between two gears or it's got a torque converter that's bumping in and out. Uh, got, a, got a little hitch and it's giddy up. But, you know, a, a lot of these cars today with the transmissions the way they are, the brake pedals, uh, stoplight switch or the brake light switch on the brake pedal is very important for the way a transmission shifts. Very really? important. I, I have, if you had a 20... 17, 2016, 2015 car. A lot of complaint is when I pull up to the road, you'll code test it, scan it. There'll be no codes in it whatsoever. They'll say it just won't go. I hit the gas, it won't go. 
I said, let's go for a ride. You watch them. They got their foot on the brake pedal. If you got your foot on the brake pedal and you push the accelerator down, it ain't going to go. You can't even power brake one today, can you, Doug? No. <laughs> All right. Now, for, for the young, younger listeners, mm-hmm. what are you talking about, about a power brake? You used to be able to <laughs> hold your foot on the brake with the automatic transmission and drive. And you could accelerate, and you could watch and test the motor mounts to see how, if they were loose, and you could see if you had an engine misfire in it because the engine would load up like it would when you're driving down the road and give it. Uh, you could look and check for misfires and stuff setting still. Today, you got to road test it because you can't yep. simulate that setting still. And a lot of times, you got to go find you a pretty good little heel to pull it up mm-hmm. to you know to load it hard enough to make it start showing you misfires. But you know, her situation there again, Dave. She needs somebody that knows what they're doing, and we can, and we can tell her what's going on. Now she did all three letter, levels of <laughs> fifteen years ago. She driving yeah, a two thousand five. That's a nineteen ninety. Yeah, that, that's 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 not near the same anymore. That's what I was I was yeah. referring to. But it, yeah, I just thought it was interesting yeah. that she wanted to make you know that she wasn't just a neophyte. Ah, well, that's fine. Having common knowledge about anything is great. But having common knowledge about it and being able to work on it and repair it is two different things. And having that little machine to hook up to it makes a world of difference. All right, let's do one more question before we take our final break. Catherine has a 2011 Chevy Equinox LS, four-cylinder, 2.4-liter, new engine or new car. This is a typical question that these guys hear all the time. We've talked about this before. My, and in parentheses, not yet paid off, 2011 Equinox has 137,000 miles on it and needs a new engine. It is otherwise in good condition. It is, is it worth putting in a rebuilt engine or am I better off getting a different car? A lot of people face this question a lot. Well, you know, I don't know. There's 20 ways to answer this. I don't know what's best for her. I don't know what her finances are. But it's going to depend on what the condition of the rest of the car is in. Exactly. And another thing, too, Joe, I tell them, look, if you spend four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000 putting a reman motor in it, and that's probably about what that's going to cost, somewhere around five dollars to $6,000 tax and all, you got to drive. You got to be able to drive that car another three years to get your money back. So if you do go trade it, you don't. You're not upside down and lose everything. Yeah, and you know, in today's world, the new ones are so expensive. Uh, you'd have to be. What's that one worth without it running? That's the question. And what does she still owe on it? Yep. So if she's upside down in it already, she ain't got no choice but to fix it, right, Doug? Put a motor in it, yeah. That's it, because she's not going to get – she's going to lose money on the next trade and be upside down the next car. And But, you know, I ask folks all the time, I say, well, what's the history on the car? And number two, I'd like to know why this engine failed. Did she do something, lack of maintenance? If that's the case, then then this is probably contributing to her lack of wanting to spend money to do the regular maintenance on it and keep it updated so it's in good running condition. And, you know, it, all these questions come into play, and we don't have all those. We don't, we don't have anybody to those, ask. Well, yeah. we don't have those answers yeah. right now. But, but there again, you know, I tell them, look, if you do spend this much money, you've got to maintain it, and you're going to have to drive it three years to get to get your money back. So when you do trade, you're, you know, you don't lose everything. 
I'll give you an example. I had a company one time that I put a, it's a work van. I put a, a GM Goodwrench motor in it. And I told them it's got a three-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Well, about 26 months, 27 months later, he called me. He said, it's on the side of the road. It just quit running. That's okay. So we towed it in, checking it, and motor's locked up. Uh-oh. Yeah, checked oil on it. No oil. No. It's just sludge. Uh, Took one of the valve covers off, and you couldn't even see the rock arms. It's just sludged up. So I asked the guy that owned the company, I said, have you ever changed oil in this? He said, well, I don't know. It's got a three-year warning on it. Oh, no. I said, sir, I hate to tell you this, but, you know, if you don't maintenance this, GM ain't going to warranty it either. Mm-mm. I said, that's what happened to your last motor. I told you that. You guys can't drive these forever without changing oil filter on them, can they, Doug? Nope. I, I had one in a moving company. I bought the motor from Jasper, put it in. It had 41,000 miles. And I knew it had never been serviced because when I put a motor in one, I painted the oil filter and I scratched duck in it. Mm-hmm. That way I know when it comes back and you tell me you've been servicing it. No, you ain't. Here's my filter. Yeah. And it had 41,000 miles on it, and the guy had been paying this guy to, to service it. It never got done. It never got done. The Ooh. guy was taking the filter in the oil home and Uh-oh. doing other stuff. But Jasper. Caught. <laughs> they told me, said, send us the motor. We will repair it and send it back to you. And he has to pay the labor and the fluid and, the, and all that stuff, which I thought was a good deal. They didn't have to. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was several years ago, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was several years ago. I don't think you'll get that today. <laughs> I pulled a valve cover off, and you couldn't even see the, the rock arms. That's what I'm talking about. They were, It was yeah. so so messed up. All right. Let's get our final break in. And while we're doing that, let me remind you about East End Towing. Uh, Patrick uh, McIntyre is the owner behind East End Towing. He wants you to know that no matter the situation you find yourself in on the side of the road, they have uh, the answers to it. They can handle it at East End Towing, whether it's uh, the equipment they need to use or just the uh, the know-how of how to do it. I mean, uh, let's just talk about that real quick. Your car might just break down. Okay, that's one thing that could happen. And they come out with a typical wrecker, and they, you know, they roll your car up on the back of the truck, and they take you to the place that you want to get your your car fixed at. Or you could be going down the road, and you're, it's not your car that fails, but it's uh, maybe a trailer that you're carrying a boat on behind you that fails. Well, how are they going to handle that? Well, I don't know, but they know how to handle it. And last but not least, let's say it's your camper that you're pulling. They can handle that as well, or maybe it's one that you drive. They can handle that as well. they got the equipment for it. What you need to do is just call East End Towing and let them take care of the situation. 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849. Let's welcome Martin in from Hot Springs Village. How you doing, Martin? Hey, Martin. Hey, guys. Hey, great show. Love listening to you. Thank you. Uh, question... Um, you know, for, if you're using your car, you know, we've got a lot of ups and downs and curves and all that here in the village, you know, and the car is downshifting a lot. And I'm wondering, are you, I just started using the paddle shifters a little more. I mean, all in all, as far as, you know, wear and tear on the transmission, do you recommend using the shifting more or just leave it in D and deal with it? I think that's your preference right there. Yeah, it, it, it's know. not going to hurt it either way. But uh, I have some people, and and like you say, there, I got some customers living in Hot Springs Village, and and they do that too. So, but it's it's just 
I think what you you know how you want to drive it. Yeah, the downshifting is annoying. You know, I love the car; it's a really a nice car. But just that, um, I'm wondering if I should be using the shifters more. What kind of car is it, Martin? It's a 2014 Honda Cross Tour, the V6. Really like the car. Well, but I don't think you're going to have any problem with that. You know, if you're going down the hill and you use the manual shifter on that, you can downshift it and you can help slow it down. So, yeah, yeah. Either way, you're not going to hurt it. Because some of these downhills, I mean, that car just gets away on you. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. not stepping yeah. on the gas and I'm up to 60. <laughs> yeah. And I'm breaking it, you know, in the curves and all that. And have you noticed, I'm just curious, doing that, have you noticed any difference in letting it? To the automatic thing versus the manual thing, is there any, any difference you can tell in the fuel economy? Mm, no, not really. Okay. I was just mm. curious. But then I'm wondering if I'm driving it properly, if I'm winding it out too much, you know, before I am shifting. I'm just going by kind of the feel of the engine. You yeah. Know, not looking at the tack. Uh, well, you know, you can tell when it when it's when it's you know, and by how hard it shifts when you manually shift it, you can tell how high the RPMs are. If you're not looking at the tack, that's fine. But you know, the thing about yeah. that is, just don't just don't let it get too high because I think it'll affect right. your fuel economy. And mm-hmm. you might check that because the the irritation of the down the shifting automatically that you don't like. You, you might be hurting yourself manual shifting it because the higher the engine RPMs are, regardless whether you're going up with the shift or down with the shift, it's going to affect fuel economy. Yes. Right, right. Uh, like I said, I just started doing it a little more and more. I mean, I had the car for three years, and I never used it. But sure. now I'm, you know, playing with it a little bit. So yeah, I'm not nothing sure wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and like I say, you're not going to hurt nothing either way. As long as you don't let it over, you know, wind over it up blow it up. Yeah. 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 And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Yeah, we'll we let are. you go. Martin, thanks for your call. Thank we you appreciate guys. it, brother. Great. Talk to you later. Martin out of Hot Springs Village. Thank That's you, how it works. If you call us, these guys will talk to you. All right. So Shane has got a 2006 Ford Mustang GT. It's an eight-cylinder, 4.6-liter engine. This car will get up, and it will run. Just let you know. And he says, why does the engine rev up and down while I hold down the gas and park? My engine is the 4.0 uh, you know, V6. The site, uh, this site kept switching it to a 2.3-liter four-cylinder. Okay, well, I'm sorry about that. Well, while I'm in park and I hold down the accelerator pedal, my engine revs up to about 5,000 RPM. Then it drops down to 2,000 RPM, and then back up to 5, and then back down to 2. It will do this as long as I hold the gas pedal down. How come? It's because it's uh, programmed that way. Computer control program, and the computer is telling it, hey, cut me back. We're running too many RPM sitting there, you know, sitting there not in gear. It's doing what it's supposed to do, ain't it, Joe? Yes, sir. It's programmed that it's way. It's keeping you from blowing up your engine. That's exactly. correct. <laughs> That's what it's doing. Even the 18-wheelers have that, Dave. They fall off a hill. The computer will catch it and stop it. Interesting. Interesting. That's that's just a lot of the safety protocols that they got in. If that car is in drive, it'll actually accelerate more than that. But that's depending on whether or not... Uh, uh, whether it's a standard or automatic, it makes no difference, does it, Doug? Yeah, it makes no difference. If you're sitting there and you don't have it in gear and you floorboard it, it's not going to let it rev up and blow the motor up. It's going to go up about 4,500, 5 grand, come back down. It's just sit there and go, wrong, wrong, wrong. 
That's all it does. Same way, Joe, if you're running down the interstate in my truck and you've got it on the floor, when it reaches 104 mile an hour, it, it does the same thing. It slows down, speeds up, slows down. That's that's regulated because of the the tire speed rating. Exactly. If you have a high high what you call high speed tires on it, 135, 140 mile an hour tire when it was built, it let it run that. If you have a 95 to 105 mile an hour tire, it's going to shut it off when it re- reaches the maximum safe speed for those tires. 104 mile an hour on mine. That's and if, it. And if ducks behind the wheel, it's really being careful. <laughs> All right. With that said, we'll let you guys go. Duck, thanks for coming in. Next week, I've, we was coming in from uh, on vacation. We stopped at Ozark, and they have 10 chargers now. And there was four cars over there, and I was filling the motor home up, and I slipped over and asked the guy how much it cost to charge it yeah. for one hour. Right. How much? $54. Pretty close. But it takes an hour. Yeah, it takes an hour. To That's what I'm saying. $60 on fuel. Well, in Duck's case, he's in the motor. I'm probably costing him 150 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Joe. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Don't forget Joe's Garage or Duck's Garage if you need help. They are both bumper-to-bumper certified service center. I'm Dave Ellswick. I'll see you at 9. Jimmy Cavan to be here. You don't want to miss it. We're going to talk about how much do the superintendents at the different schools make and who's getting the most money. You might be surprised. Let's get back to it. It's 9 o'clock here in the Dave Ellswick Show, final hour of a Thursday show. Got a couple of guests here in this hour. We're going to start off with David Couch, who I see that has called in, so we'll get to him in just a second. And then uh, Jimmy uh, Cavan is here. We're going to talk to him as well. I promised you we have looked at the... uh, the, the superintendents of the different school districts, and I told you we would tell you who's the number one paid superintendent in the state, and we will do that. That's coming up, so stick around. But right now, I want to turn to David Couch. David's been on my show before. He's been in the studio before. Uh, he's a man who has uh, been has worked towards uh, you know the passing of of uh, laws for uh, marijuana medicinal and has pushed towards working towards recreational and and to be honest uh, david i thought you would be the one that would be ramrod riding the whole thing about recreational marijuana uh for the constitution but instead it's like the marijuana growers that are doing it and issue four if you watch television and you've been seeing their ads, it's not about marijuana. It's all about more money for the police and everything. It's like kind of crazy. Uh, and I had I had Melissa Foltz on as well, who has been in this battle for many years. You're not for issue four either, and I'd like you to explain to my listeners why you have heartburn with it. 
Yeah, just exactly like you said. This was a, um, an initiative that was designed by the, the marijuana cultivators and the dispensaries. Uh, they designed it in such a manner that they're going to enshrine in our Constitution, if it passes, um, a monopoly, uh, an anti-competitive system. Uh, where they control all of the marijuana in the state of Arkansas. They've written it so broadly that they also um, are going to take down the hemp market as well. Um, so, you know, it, it's the biggest greedy money grab that, that you could ever uh, imagine. Uh, I can't imagine a, a worse policy than this. It, it's, it's horrible from the state, from a, from a regulatory standpoint standpoint um it's horrible for the consumers and that you're going to have a, a limited number of out-of-state corporations that will control our market set the prices um so i, I can't imagine a, a scheme um from a want to make money standpoint that's better but from a public policy standpoint that's worse yeah it, it, it really freaked me out when it came down to that uh, state legislature has no say in this. None. Zip. That means the people have no say in it. Yeah. The, the only way you could ever change this amendment, and, and you know, a lot of my friends that are in favor of legalization will say, oh, well, that's okay. This is a good first step, but hell, this is a brick wall. I mean, it, it is so tightly written, and the only way you could ever uh, change any provision of it is to do basically uh, another constitutional amendment, refer one out of the General Assembly, which you know, that's not going to happen. Um, or do another initiative. Um, but if you do that, then you're going to have uh, the marijuana industry that has spent, in my calculations to date, $8 million on this thing. So, you know, they, they could crush any uh, citizens-led, you know, initiative that tried to change this. So what what you get now is, is what you get. It's, you're not going to change it at all. Well, it's I got horrible. I got to tell you, they're spending some big money on TV ads. I mean, I see... Medi- and I see not medicinal, but I see recreational yeah. marijuana ads, and it's all about police giving the police money and things and making jobs and letting everything but about marijuana. And uh, they're just blanketing the TV stations. Yeah, that, that's the, that's their strategy. They're they're banking on literally banking on. They're able to to buy the public opinion on this. I I went to the public files, as you know, for all of the TV stations. You can see what the political spins were for a month. Right. And I looked at what they've spent this month in October alone, and it's two million four hundred seventy one thousand one hundred ninety dollars is what they spent Ooh. on television this month. This month alone, and and and, and the ads are. To, I, uh, Mr. Cox and I did a, a press conference yesterday, and, and I, I used the word eye candy. You know, they put a lot of stuff in here that looks eye candy that you try to distract your attention from the, the real facts and the uh-huh. real merits. It, it really gets nothing for the police. I mean, you know, they said you talk about something they can't change. Their, their tax rate is 10%. You look at Colorado, their effective tax rate, they have a 15% excise and a 15% special sales tax on it. It's 30%. So we're going to have. You know, one-third of the taxes that, that they have in, in Colorado will be taxed in, in Arkansas. And if you look at the population of Colorado, you look at the population of Arkansas, and you do a per-person figure, if you look at their tax that they're going to give to the police, which is a stipend, it, it's going to equate to about $20 a week for every police officer. You know, less than $1,000 a year is their big, we're going to help police officers. And their cancer research, that's just a, that's a, that's fraud. 
<laughs> you know, th- there is a 4% excise tax now on medical marijuana that funds cancer research directly to UAMS. This amendment does away with that, and it directs 10% of the taxes to go not to cancer research, just to go to UAMS. And you, you, you know what the General Assembly does when they get a pot of money. You know, they're not that money is not dedicated to anything. It's just going to go to offset the expenses at UMS. There's no guarantee that that will be spent on, on cancer research. Um, so it, it's just in jobs. I don't know how many more jobs they're going to create because they're not allowing any more cultivation facilities. But the 40 existing dispensary owners get a free license automatically to operate another one. Uh, and then there's only 40 more by lottery. And and they do away, you know, when I did the medical marijuana one, uh, I limited I wanted the people in Arkansas to benefit from it. So you had to have 60% ownership interest in Arkansas to have a licensee. They do away with that. Uh, I had one one cultivator, one dispensary license to make sure that it was spread around the state. But they do away with that. You can have up to 18 licenses. So, you know, they've set it up where these out-of-state corporations will come in here and just rip off the people of Arkansas. Okay, so David, do you think that all of these corporations that will be wanting to do business here in this state are going to be, uh, you know, up and up businesses? I mean, I'm worried about the cartels. They see a a money opportunity. They're going to get their fingers into it. Oh, I, I, absolutely. You know, I, there's no telling where the, the money, because what they've done in this is, you know, you had to do a criminal background check to get a medical marijuana. So they set this up that if you, if you own less than 5%, so you can have a bunch of folks get together and have owned less than 5%, you don't even have to do a criminal background check anymore. So there, there's, no, there's no safeguard that you're not going to have a criminal element in this thing. And, and i tell you what, the one thing that, that I'm talking about the black market. So I think I think what will happen is is that you're going to have, you know, they're not going to be able to meet the supply. You're going to have only wealthy people or people who have a lot of money be able to buy their product. You can possess one ounce. Now, it doesn't say that you have to buy it from a dispensary. I mean, it kind of assumes that. <laughs> but you can buy your one ounce anywhere because if you, are, if you possess one ounce of marijuana or less, you are it's, – it's legal. A constitutional right. Yeah, well, how, yeah, how do they find out that that's, you're buying that one ounce from a dispensary? You can't. It's not. There's just no way. And, and what's really funny about it, it's not funny, it's kind of fat. It just, it, the, the, the amendment says that on November the, the 18th, it, the amendment is effective, and people can possess one ounce of marijuana or less on that date. So on November the 19th, you can have one ounce of marijuana on your person. But the amendment... <laughs> didn't give them the right to sell it to March. So from November to March, people can legally possess one out the marijuana, but you know, where the hell are they going to get it from, Dave? Yeah, I'm with you. I understand. Yeah. I understand yeah. exactly. And, and let's, let's talk about THC levels and edibles. Sure. I mean, the, the, the folks that are in the, the legislative branch of our government should have some say in that, and they don't I, under this. I, I agree. When I drafted the, the medical marijuana amendment, you know, I knew that things changed from time to time. And, the, you know, Arkansas is a unique state. Um, we're somewhat libertarian, um, more than Republican, I believe. And and so you want the General Assembly to be able to, to fine-tune things as, as they see fit, according to the will of the people. Um, and, and so I gave the General Assembly the ability to change everything under the medical marijuana amendment other than that it was legal and that you had X number of dispensaries and X number of things. So you could respond to 
and, and change over time, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I just, I'm telling you, it worries me that they can, they're going to be able to go out there and brand it, make it look good for kids and all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of bad yeah. things in this, in issue four. That's why I won't vote for it. I've, I've already told no, no. everybody about that because this is, there's more to this than just putting a lighter to the end of a joint. You know, it. You know, like I said, I have, I'm libertarian. I don't have a problem with with that. If we, but it needs to be done in a well regulated, safe, and taxed fair. I mean, you got to be fair to the state. It's got to be fair to people who don't want to use marijuana or be around it, and it's got to be fair to the users. I this agree. Is, this is horrible. It is horrible. All right. So you would say just like I would. Yeah legalization of of uh you know marijuana is something we should do however however this is not the way to do it this reminds me so much of the lotto and how many bills came up before the the passage of the lotto that people were trying to get their fingers in it to get all the money Oh, yeah, this is the, the, the amount of money. You know, they say, you know, you look at Oklahoma, which has a competitive market in the medical marijuana industry, um, and the prices for marijuana in Oklahoma are substantially less than the ones in Arkansas. And they said, oh, we're just not making enough money. we got all these startup costs in Arkansas. But, you know, where the hell did they get this $8 million they spent on this campaign from? You know where they got it from? They got it from out of the pocketbook of the people who are using this for medicine. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, th- that money just didn't rain down from heaven, you know. I got you. David, I'm yeah. going to let you go. I appreciate okay, you giving David. me this time. We'll do it again. if When you get back Anytime. up in the, our area, go down to our area, let me know, and let's get you in the studio. Will do. Thanks, David. All right. Talk Thank to you, you later. All right, David Crouch here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. Got to take our break uh, for uh, 9 o'clock. I need to talk to you about Hillcrest Jewelry. Don't forget about uh, going. I'm going to go see uh, Eric today. Right after I get off the air here today, I'm uh, driving over there to 3000 Cavanaugh and going to visit with him because I have uh, something I want to do for a Christmas gift uh, for myself and for uh, my wife. And I'm going to talk to him about it and uh, get a get a price quote from him about how much it's going to cost to make. I'm getting stars of David made out of silver with uh, a Christian cross in the middle of the star david i gotta to talk to uh, eric about that today and see what it's going to run me and then uh, put in my order i got a couple other ideas too about r- some ruby chips that i want to use on the cross so i'm going to talk to him about all of that today uh, you could do the same thing if it was something that you wanted to do Three thousand Kavanaugh, go see him Stop in and visit with him. He's there. Stop in and talk to him. He won't bite you. I guarantee you he can't twist your arm and make you buy anything. But what he can do for you is he can talk to you about doing, you know, something unique, uh, something that he creates for you, whether it be a ring, you know, a pendant, uh, uh, a bracelet, necklace, whatever. He can do that for you as well. He's got plenty of things on display for you to buy. And uh, he's got beautiful, beautiful jewelry for you to take a look at. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, 3000 Cavanaugh, open Monday through uh, Saturday, 10 to 6, 3000 Cavanaugh. If you just want to call him, 501-246-3655. I'm going to go see him. I think you should, too. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. 
back with you. My thanks to David Couch for joining us right at the very beginning here. I really wanted to get him on because he's been so active uh, on the on the marijuana front. He and Melissa Foltz have those two people uh, are the reason we have medicinal marijuana in the state. Uh, as far as recreational marijuana, I want a clean bill. And, and what they're asking you to vote on is not clean. I'm just telling you, it is not clean. Hell, don't vote for it. Don't vote for it. Hank, stay, keep out of it until it's clean. You'll be more, you who want it will be happy about it. You who are, uh, you know, maybe don't want it, you'll even be happier about it. All right. Jimmy's here. He's sitting in the studio. And uh, I told him we're going to be started a little bit later just because I wanted to get David on. So, Jimmy, we we told everybody this week that we would take a look at what's kind of the average uh, that a, a superintendent is making here in the state of Arkansas. You said you had all that information, and you got all kinds of paperwork in front of you. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, it took me a little while, but... Uh I put it together, and these are the actual numbers, okay? This is not what on websites and things like that. These are the actual numbers of the pay to the superintendents to the top 10 largest school districts in the state. And some people are going to say, well, because I didn't include the Pulaski County Special School District. There's 11, a little over 11,000 students in it. And I didn't include them on those numbers because it's a county school district, so it's really not. I, for those folks that get offended by that, I will do that in a couple of weeks. I'll provide you that. But Springdale School District is the largest school district with, with uh, enrollment of 21,796. Number two, Little Rock School District, 20,786. Number three, Bentonville, 18,536. Number four, Rogers, 15,603. Number five, Fort Smith, 13,846. Number six, Fayetteville, 10,349. Number seven, Cabot, 10,272. Number eight, Conway, 9,818. Number nine, Bryant, 9,399. And number 10, North Rock School District, 7,685. Those enrollment numbers are very important to how we compare the pay. Okay. Okay. Explain why. (laughs) All right. I'm going to tell you why, because this is going to be something. All right. The highest paid in the 21-22 school year, the highest paid superintendent through payroll was uh, Michael Moore at the Little Rock School District. Okay. Some folks would say, well, that stands to reason. Well, it doesn't and doesn't. His base pay on his contracts was $270,000. What he actually got was $332,019. Now, he had a buyout or something, didn't he? That's part of it. And I'll get to that. It, it actually so So when I say he's the number one paid that year, yes, technically he is, but really he wasn't. Okay, because the, how many students are in the North Little Rock School District? In the in the Little Rock School District, oh, Little Rock. it's 20,786. Okay, and he's making, let's just say, two, 270K. Yeah, his base was 270, but there's there's more to it, and I'll get into those numbers to show the discrepancy. They, and, but I'm going to contend that he really wasn't the highest paid. The, the highest paid was the guy number two on the list, which is Tony Thurman at Cabot. Okay. 
Because uh, there's there's fewer students, so he's making more money per student. No, I'm giving you the actual total. I'm gonna break it down by student okay. too. All right. Okay. Uh, this is the actual total of, of compensation paid through payroll. So the seventh largest school district pays their superintendent the second largest salary. Yes, sir. And uh, and and I'm gonna break it down. It's good stuff. Uh, Tony on the on the on his base and what's on the website was two forty four oh seven. What he actually made was two hundred eighty six thousand two hundred fifty seven dollars. Uh, number three, Colbert at Fayetteville, his base on the contract two hundred thirty seven thousand seven hundred twenty. He actually made two hundred eighty seven thousand six hundred sixty four dollars. Number four, uh, Barry at Rogers, that base pay was $238,008. Actual pay, $282,127. You see a big difference in these knocks yeah, I'm between hearing, the I'm, base and that. I'm so. hearing $50,000 difference right yes, now. Yes, sir. Uh, Jones at, uh, Brooke Jones at Bentonville, the base was 245000 She actually made $270,408.26. Number six, Jared Cleveland at the largest school district in the state uh, has a, had a base of two hundred forty thousand. The his uh, actual pay was two hundred sixty-five thousand one hundred dollars, and he's the guy at the largest school district in the state. Number seven is Morwaski at Fort Smith. Uh, base pay on the contract was $215,292. He actually took in $260,455.12. Number eight, uh, Colum at Conway had a base of 220000 He actually took in $242,833.36. Walters at Bryant, uh, base was uh, on contract was 205000 uh, and $47.69. She actually took in $212,137.69. Number 10, Greg Pulaski at the North Hawaii School District. Uh, based on his contract of one ninety five. he actually took in $206,300. Now, those numbers, okay, those numbers are very telling, and I'm going to break them down, but let me go ahead and do this real quick. Let me tell you per student. Okay, now we got forty. Okay. We got forty-five seconds. You want to wait or you want to start? It's a, we can, I can run down to ten and then we can talk about it. How's Go. It? All right. Number one paid per student in the state. No shock. Tony Thurman at twenty-seven eighty-seven per student. Number two, Colbert, Colbert Fayetteville twenty-seven eighty per student. Number three, Pulaski at North Rock School District twenty-six eighty-four per student. Uh, Kelly McConway twenty-four seventy-three per student. Walters at Bryant, number five, twenty-two fifty-seven per student. Number six, Moroski at Fort Smith, eighteen eighty-one per student. Number seven, Barry at Rogers, eighteen oh eight. Okay, hold on. Sure, we'll give you the next three okay. when we come back. A break on the Dave Ellswick show. We stopped at number seven. Let me let. Uh, I tell you what. Go ahead and start at number. Let's go to the top ten, like you're going to, and I'll let you run through them again, Jimmy, so people can sure. catch number, up. Number one paid. Number one paid per student, of course, is Tony Thurman at Cabot. Uh, number two is uh, Colbert at Fayetteville. Number three, Pulaski at North Hawaii School District. Number four, Colum at Conway or Colum at Conway. Number five, Walters at Bryant. Number six, Moroski at Fort Smith. Uh, number seven, Barry Rogers. Uh, number eight, Poor at Little Rock School District. 
number 14, Brooke Jones at Benville, and number 10, Cleveland at Springdale, which is kind of funny because they had the largest enrollment of anybody. So when I looked at these numbers per student, I thought it was kind of interesting that the top paid guys, Thurman at Cabot, and they're the, they're down on the list number seven of the top ten schools. Number two was Colbert at Fayetteville, and they're down at number six on top ten school, schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pelosi at North Rock is number ten on the list, yet he's number three in pay per student. Now, if you go to the bottom, number ten is Cleveland at Springdale, which is actually the largest school district in the state. So that's totally flipped upside down. Right. Yes, sir. And Benville is number nine. Brooke Jones is number nine. When they're the third largest in the state, number eight was Poor, who is the second largest in the state Little Rock School District. Number seven was Rogers with Superintendent Barry, who was the number four. Okay, of all the top ten superintendents there, mm-hmm. is any is any of them making under two hundred thousand dollars? No, everybody's making over two hundred yes, grand. Yes, sir, and it's it's going to go from uh, from uh, two hundred six thousand three hundred dollars to three hundred thirty two oh nineteen. Now, what's interesting about that, and then people are going to think I'm picking on Thurman and Cab, but I'm not. I'm just telling you the numbers. Okay. Pool at, at, at Little Rock School District in 2021-2022 school year was the highest paid, like I said, at 332000 But if you look at the numbers, uh, in in the previous school year, the 2020-2021, he was at 240000 base pay, but he got a raise for the next year to 270000 So actually, if you look before that, Tony Thurman was actually the number one paid, not number two, but number one paid by uh, by payroll compensation. What happened was Poole, because it was his last year, he got a payout on vacation time saved up. Yeah, right. $38,019. One check for that. Okay, I want everybody to think just for a second. If you work for a company now, how many of them, if you don't take all of your vacation pay during the course of uh, the year, give you money can you sell it used to be you could do this sell back time that you did not use uh as far as i'm concerned i would say and and i i think a study could be done it would be proven that as far as companies are concerned it's now you use it or lose it most government agencies uh, uh well state agencies you know, you're going to use it or lose it. Now, I know the city of Little Rock doesn't do that because, as we all know, Frank Scott made some massive payouts to some of his people. But what's really uh, interesting is I broke down these numbers and the differences. So, like, number two at Thurman, the difference between his, uh, his based on the contract and what he actually got paid is $42,250. And that's what the public doesn't know. They see one thing, but they don't know about these others. Now, I will tell you this as far as Thurman, and here I go, and I'm not picking on them. But out of all the reimbursements, you get some superintendents get reimbursements for travel, for going to school conferences, things like right. that. And which is not income. What Tony Thurman actually gets is designed to be income to him. So his. Uh, out of his $6,012 and some odd cent reimbursement for that year, 6000 of it was fuel, his vehicle insurance, and maintenance for his personal vehicle. 
Now, he also gets $12,000 a year in his contract that you don't see in the base, $12,000 a year for car allowance. But he also gets, uh, in the reimbursement, up to $6,000 for fuel and maintenance to his personal vehicle. Well, he makes sure he gets every penny of that. But I want, the thing I want people to understand is most of the superintendents, and I've got the numbers on the reimbursements, are for travel, hotel stay, conferences for continuing education. Tony's is not. Tony's fuel for his vehicle. And what it boils down to is that's tax-free income. Okay. So I contend you could take that 286 and actually make it 292. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, that, that makes sense. Uh, Colbert at Fayetteville, the difference in base pay in, in actually what he made was $49,994. But 24500 of that is in, his, is in his contract is an annual annuity payment and into an annuity or retirement account of his choice. Okay, that's a tax-free, right now it's a tax-free deal. And so he actually gets that. Uh, he also had uh, uh, vacation pay in, bon- in a bonus, $2,734. He supplied a vehicle. Uh, Barry, was with the difference in the base, in the actual was $44,119. Gets car allowance of ninety six hundred a year, cell allowance of fifteen hundred dollars a year, travel allowance thirty five hundred, uh, nine thousand six hundred twenty dollars. What he got in stipend bonus, but what's interesting about that that part was not in the contract, so you don't know about it. Uh, Jones, the difference was twenty five thousand four hundred eight dollars, eighty five hundred of that was bonus, fifteen thousand nine hundred seventy eight was non contract payment, which okay. Now that makes me want to dig in and ask them, what was that? What justifies non-contract payment? And they do provide him a car. Cleveland, there was a difference in the largest school district of $25,100. He got stipends in $19,500, $2330 in bonus and COVID. And he, and he does have a car provided to him. Uh, Morawski, uh, Fort Smith, 45163 is the difference between what's on the base and what he actually got paid. Uh, in other contract amounts, he got $22,633 of vacation uh, pay buyout, $9,472, a bonus of $1,000. Um, and get this. This one I found interesting. They also pay, as long as every year of completion, they pay his student debt. Okay. Don't you love that? Well, that's kind of a smart deal for <laughs> yeah. him. And uh, uh, Coleman Conway, is difference $22,833. He got vacation pay of 7303 that he didn't use. Yeah, right. And uh, 15500 annuity stipend. He, ha- he, he has a vehicle as well. So the, the, the point on this is... <laughs> That you're seeing what they actually say the base pay is in a contract, and then you're seeing what they actually pay, and there's a huge difference. I think one of the one of the most interesting things is the pay per student. How mu- how much per student was it again for Thurman? Thurman is a uh, twenty seven eighty seven per student. All right, almost well sh- shy, but. Uh, Almost twenty eight hundred dollars per kid. Yes, and uh, and 
I'll give you something interesting on that. He's the seventh largest school district. Right. Right. And, but he gets more money per kid than anybody else, 2787. Uh, it, it, uh, Springdale, which has 21, that year had 21,796 students compared to the 10,272 at Cabin. Cleveland is actually last per student at $12.16. So Thurman makes over twice per student what Cleveland does at the largest school district in the state. All right. So. Here's what I want to talk about, and we're about quarter till 10 right now on the Dave Ellswick Show. There's going to be a fight this year on education in the General Assembly, and it's going to be about, uh, you know, uh, educational choice, freedom of choice, about money following the student to the school they go to. Tony uh, Thurman, Dr. Thurman, will say that he's all about school choice. However, you have to talk to him a little bit because the school choice he's talking about is school choice amongst public schools. He doesn't believe that money should go to private schools, nor private schools that are religious in nature. Uh, So... There's going to be a big fight about this because they see this as a danger to their pay. If they start cutting back the kids, it's going to be the school board saying, hey, wait a second. We can't be leaving your pay where it's at. You're getting more more and more money per student, and we've got to question that. I think, I think what – and I've long said this, and I think you agree with me, David, is that the problem with the public school systems in the state of Arkansas is they they look at students as the income. Yes. And not as students that need to be educated. Well, how can't they not look at it as right. income when they're, we, we break it down what we just showed? Yes, sir. All right. Let's take a break. We got a final break to get in, and then we're going to come back and talk more about this. This is, these are, this is material you've got to get a hold of, and you've got to ask yourself, is this the amount of money you should be paying your superintendent, especially when your school superintendent, I'm sure, will be fighting against universal school choice when it comes up in the General Assembly? We'll be back to finish it up in just a moment. Jimmy Cavan here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And, he, you know, a lot of people get upset with Jimmy, but don't shoot the messenger. All he's doing is getting the numbers, many times from the school districts, other times from the Department of Education here in Arkansas, and things of that nature. This is available to you as well, but you don't take the time out, nor do, neither did I, because I don't have the extra time. Jimmy, this is what he does, and he takes the time to do it, and he does us a great service. So I'm not going to shoot you, buddy. I'm going to say thank you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who really gets mad at me is the superintendents and the school boards because I'm telling people the truth. Yes, and, and, they, and they have kept this truth from people. They don't want the people to know. And you and I were, were talking, and I'll just make the point, if you look at how these numbers are flip-flopped and everything from large school districts to them, I'll give you an example, and I'm not going to pick on – keep picking on cap i'll give the example of north little rock a few years back that a massive increase in property tax that got voted in to rebuild schools and it was going to help education do this that's about six or seven years ago yeah that? yeah and yeah. i mean a result of that was brand new buildings state-of-the-art this a beautiful football field 
everything. I mean, just nice as it can be, but nobody's learning to read. Okay, that, that this is the thing. I understand the facilities are wonderful. All right, I remember when I went to to, to uh, high uh, the high school. Uh, they were starting to spend a lot of money in Highland, Indiana, where I went. They built a, a big basketball f- facility because basketball is next to religion in Indiana uh, that would seat like 4,000 fans and things of that nature. And uh, now at that time, we were learning well. That was back in the early 70s. That has gone down from that time. and the 80s, it started to go into free fall. I would love to look at how nice the football fields are, how nice the, the, the high schools are. I mean, I look at the high schools that they build now. I remember up in northwest Arkansas, they were arguing over they had to have marble on the floors. You wouldn't want a kid to go in linoleum and go to high school there. And they did all of this, but the test scores continue to sink down. What is more important, spending the money on facilities to look good? I mean, look, you can have a, a, a house that the wood's rotten on and you slap a coat of paint on it to make it look good, but the, the, that it's, going, you know, it's, not, it's not worth what you're doing. And it, you could have all these great facilities, but if your kids aren't learning, you're not spending the money where you need to spend it at. No, I, I'll give you an example. Catholic High doesn't operate on near the budget that these schools have and stuff. Their facilities are not state-of-the-art. Uh, they, they have very old facilities and things. I'll give you an example. You and I were talking probably about 10 years ago. It was about 10 years ago before they even got air conditioning. The only yeah, reason, central air. Right. The only reason they got that was because it was such a computer age. The heat was messing the computers. But they learn. Uh-huh. They don't, they don't have the state-of-the-art facilities, but they learn. And the football field, give you an example of Cabot and Little Rock, beautiful football, Southwest and Little Rock, state-of-the-art football stadium, but can the football players read? Is that is that uh, where they finally the scoreboard is finally going to come online next week? Yes, I think so. Okay. Yeah, they were, they were talking about that at the school board meeting. And it was fun. they're going to finally be able to put that to bed. You can pay these superintendents all these absorbent salaries. You can give them the annuity payments. You can give them the reimbursement. You can do anything, but what are you getting for it? We're not we're not educating our kids, and I'm all fine to pay somebody what they're worth, but I'm going to tell you all ten of these people on this list are not worth what they're getting paid. The product they're giving us is not worth this pay. And then just to let you know. Something that we're going to do is we're going to break it down even more. Yes, sir. We're going to look at, okay, your superintendents are making this, but how many principals do you have? How many assistant principals do you have? How many people, how many administrative staff positions do you have? And how many do you really need? Yes, sir. And, and we'll, let, we'll tell you how many. You make up your mind if you think it's too much or too little. And maybe that's the reason we can't pay the fifth grade teacher. What she's worth because right. we're too busy paying administrators. I got it. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with you on, on this. One. I do want to get one thing in that I'm working okay. hard with Arkansas and Transparency Government Group. Uh, Joey McCutcheon, Chip Sexton, Stephen Naparano, the law firm up there. They do a big part of it. Um, and, and I encourage everybody to start looking at that group. We're growing that group. We're going to put this information on there. We're digging on other things to enhance because I can't tell you this unless Arkansas Freedom of Information Hack. Uh, allows me to get the information. Yeah, because yeah. it's not like really they're going to tell you. <laughs> I mean, 
The, the Freedom of Information Act is for one thing and for one thing only, transparency. Yes, sir. That's what it's for. It's so that you, the taxpayer and voter, can know the real deal. And, but even if you have the right to go in and look, you got to know where to look. You got to find it. You got to you know do a lot of extraneous work to to get all this information. And thanks to Jimmy, he does this, and you don't have to. Well, we're trying, and what we're doing is we're showing you we're shedding light on dark money. That what I told you about today is basically dark money that that we were showing light on, but we can't do that. If we don't have the Arkansas Freedom of Information Act. Yeah, which brings, which drags the dark money out into the light. Yes, sir. Yes, and I mean, sir. That's, that's exactly what it does. It, it, it's like vampires, man. you got to bring them out into the light to get rid of them. And sometimes you got to drive a stake and, and fill their mouths with garlic to get, and then set them on fire to get rid of them. I'm good with it. <laughs> <laughs> to make it all happen. All right, so we'll continue. We're slowly getting this all together for you, uh, and we're going to keep on uh, getting this information. Now, I'll be honest. I have a reason for having Jimmy do this, because starting on January 9th, the General Assembly is going to begin meeting again uh, next year, and one of the big items that's going to come up is universal choice. For your child to, for you to put your child wherever you want to put them in, into whatever school you want to put them in, through a uh, education savings account that will make sure that you don't you don't get a check to put into your bank account, but you'll have an account so you can transfer it to the school of your choice. And I'm just telling you, I I see good things on the horizon for uh, for Arkansas. I think it would force people to, to start educating kids. I will agree with that yes. wholeheartedly, Jimmy. I really do. Thanks for coming in today. It's yes, always sir. a pleasure. Tomorrow, it's going to be Robert Steinbach, as usual, my uh, my uh, legal professor, my law professor from Bowen School of Law. He'll be on with us tomorrow. And so will Chris Corbett. He'll be on with us again tomorrow. And... Uh, we're going to sit and, and talk about a lot of different things tomorrow here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, don't forget that Steve and uh, 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 Jake are going to be on. They're going to be talking about uh, you know health-wise kind of stuff. We want to talk to them about that. I just got a, a water rower. I'm going to talk to them about about how to go about using that to, to get the most out of it. All right, so you join me tomorrow so that we can, and we'll tell you about movies. I'm going tonight to see Black Adam, all right? And I'll tell you tomorrow what I think about it right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thanks for listening today. Be back with you again tomorrow at 6 a.m. right here on 101.1 FM, The Answer.
cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.